Hi everyone, welcome back to the HR Leaders Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Ola Snow, who's the Chief HR Officer at Cardinal Health. During the episode, we discuss how the role of the CHRO has drastically changed over the past 10 years and how Cardinal Health is reimagining the workplace. As always, before we jump into the video, make sure you hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell and follow on your favorite podcast platform. With that being said, let's jump in. Hi Ola, welcome to the show. How are you? I am great, Chris. Uh, how are you today? I'm not too bad. I think I said to you before we record, I'm moving house and moving uh, moving house and moving office at the same time, which I don't recommend to anyone to ever do. <laughs> well, I'm sure when it's all done, you'll be a big sigh of relief. So yeah. congratulations on both moves, though. Thank you. I'll, I feel better when it, when we're there <laughs> as well and settled and settled in um, as well. But um, how are things? How are you? How's the family? Uh, you know, everything's good. Kids are uh, back in school. I've got uh, two uh, first-year grad students, so one new college, one old college. Uh, work's going well, so you can't. Beautiful fall here in Ohio, so you can't. Um, you can't beat the fall weather. Nice. Did they go to the same college? Just like curiosity. No, they don't. They. Uh, uh, both in Ohio, so okay. one at the University of Cincinnati and one at Ohio, so cool. a couple hours apart. They wanted their own space. <laughs> they like, own space. <laughs> yeah, as well. Do, do, are they living at home still, or are they living at campus? Nope, they've they've lived off uh, campus uh, their whole college experience, except uh, obviously a slight uh, detour during the pandemic where they came home. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, they're off uh, and about. Just uh far enough away not to come home and do laundry every uh week yeah <laughs> it sounds like my brother he still f f figures out a way to go home and drop off his laundry <laughs> to, to look to my mom as well i was like you gotta grow out of this at some point you can't you, <laughs> you can't gotta do your you gotta do your own laundry yeah else. <laughs> that's like that, that's his last attempt to like that's his last kind of semblance of uh connection to the house probably <laughs> as well he'll finally leave but um yeah so good, good to speak to you again are you are you back in the office full-time as well now or have you never really left during the, the whole during the last couple of years you know, we left for a we left for a, a period of time during the pandemic about half of our workforce um you know stayed and worked through the pandemic in our manufacturing centers and dcs i led the uh i led the pandemic team so i was really never left um worked um kind of throughout um the office we're we're in a hybrid situation but for me I like kind of that division of going to work and coming home and separating the two as much you can. So for me, it just works for me, but we have employees in all different kinds of, of situations. Yeah, I'm with you, by the way. I like the separation, you know, of, of leaving the house and leaving that home home and work. work. Obviously there is a blend, of course, you can never get away from that, but just separating my mind more so when I leave the house, I'm like in work mode, I get home, I'm in dad mode. <laughs> and husband yeah, mode. I found myself, I found myself during the pandemic, um, you know, not getting out of my pajamas, and that wasn't that wasn't necessarily, you know, it was it was never leave your desk kind of sun up to sundown, and for me that just wasn't working. So coming back to the office and getting energy around mm -hmm. people um, and uh, works for me, but again, understanding that you know flexibilities and. In, uh, incredibly important so we're uh we're in our our next normal whatever that is as an organization <laughs> the new normal so just going back for a second did you choose hr or did hr choose you along the way i love asking that question because 
it feels like most of our audience, probably 99%, didn't plan <laughs> on being a CHRO. It kind of just kind of found them along the way. You know, it was a little bit of both. So I went to school for HR, ah. and then when I graduated, I went into um, hotel operations. So I kind of left HR, um, uh, worked for Marriott out of college uh, in their kind of management program, and then kind of uh, migrated back to a training and development role uh, in the restaurant business, and then kind of never left. So I've done all sorts of 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 things in HR, but it um, I went to school and then left, and then it found me again. So here <laughs> I am. 20-something, 30-something years later. You couldn't escape it. <laughs> Could not escape it. It was meant to be. Well, given that you've been in the industry for some time now, how have you seen the role of the CHRO shift in the last, say, or say 20 years, I suppose you've, you've seen it that, that, for that long? What would you say is the biggest shift that you've seen? You know, I would I would say that I think that the the role and the function has always been a critical part of the business, but... I, I do see, obviously, human capital is probably one of the top challenges that organizations are facing. And I do think also our, um, our employees have different expectations of their organizations that they had 20 years ago. So when you think about critical skills and you think about business strategy and you think about human capital and and, and future of work and you think about culture, like I don't think we have a more exciting role than we have right now. Um, our businesses need our function. Uh, they need us for today and they need us for tomorrow and the success of our businesses. So it's cliche to say that we come to the table as business leaders first, but we really do come to the, the, the table like CFOs come to the table and think about risk of the organization. Um, we're working with boards on culture and risk um, alongside the CEO and the CFO. So it, it has put a spotlight on our function. Um, you know, during the pandemic, we were, we were managing um, COVID. Um, uh, most of us were, were leading some kind of teams in some capacity. So it, it, everything from crisis management, talent management, culture management, but really it comes down to business success. And that's what I, I think is so exciting about our function and how it's grown over the past 10, 20 years. Yeah, very exciting. What would you say has been the biggest challenge for you? Because kind of even the skill set and attributes of what it takes to be a CHRO has shifted so much. So how, how have you, you know, what, what would you say is the biggest challenge you've had to face during during those that time well i think in 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 my own journey if i think about that journey um and it at cardinal you know that started over 21 years ago so that's probably <laughs> wow. unique that, I've, that i've grown up in an organization and um and i started uh, my career in a business partner role so i knew everything about the business love sitting down with pnl leaders and talking about all their challenges but you know you, you have to really be um, a generalist, but be able to go deep. I kind of call it the balcony um, and the basement or the dance floor, so to speak. So I think you have to have this, this great passion for the business and understand how the organization makes money, um, what its customers' true, true needs are, but you have to be the student of, of the function. And so understanding uh, talent management, talent acquisition, building of an employment brand, but you know, one of the things that the key 
um, experiences for every CHRO is really to have an understanding of executive compensation, especially here um, in the U.S. And so you have to know a fairly good amount about <laughs> um, a, a lot. And, and I really think you have to understand um, what's going on and understand the pulse of the organization. For So for CROs, <clears throat> you've got to find a way to really understand and, and, and hear that unfiltered feedback from your employees and your customers. Um, because so much, as we know, at these levels are sanitized. People want to give you good news, not bad news. So <laughs> you've got to balance, um, you've got to balance the technical, but also the business aspect. Um, there's just, you know, that's, and it's always changing, which is the exciting part of our jobs as well. Yeah. Like, especially if you think about the digital transformation piece as well, like, you know, it, when I, when I started doing this, it wasn't even called HR. I think it was like personnel relations back then <laughs> when I was 17 was years old. Management. Yeah, 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 exactly. Before the H now HR is outdated and, you know, many people now slip the people function kind of, kind of this evolution that we've gone through, but thinking about the analytics site, we just finished our global people analytics summit and I never thought I'll be talking about AI and VR and predictive and prescriptive analytics and HR in the same sentence, let alone doing an entire conference about it. But how have you always been able to up, keep yourself upskilled and up to date? You know, what, what, are you, what are your go-to articles or websites or, you know, tools? How do you keep up to date with what's happening? You know, I, I, I get up every morning and, and, and read the NACD report. So I kind of start with the corporate directors. What is on the minds of our, of our, uh, of our board of directors? And I kind of start there and I, you know, I, I go to the Wall Street Journal. I hit some trade magazines um, along the way. I belong to a couple of, of trade organizations that put something out every single day. Nice. So I, I try to keep up with um, with with trends and and I you know I also have a great network of CHROs that we all rely on. It's so important and and again I think it's one of the great things that came um, from the pandemic is that we were all trying to figure out things together and we built these while we had great networks and some of us grew up in the same organizations and are now um, serving as CHROs in different organizations. It brought us together so that we didn't have to reinvent the wheel, so to speak, and that this, this great partnership. So we, you know, we share a lot. Um, and, and, you know, internally, I, I stay pretty connected to our workforce in different capacities and whether it's on a, a council or a, 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 a let's chat with Ola, I try to stay up to date on what's happening outside in the world and inside uh, these four walls. I think mm -hmm. they're equally important. I love the networking bit that you mentioned because it kind of not the people don't talk about that enough, but it's so important as a CHRO to build a strong network, isn't it, around you, especially like you mentioned during the pandemic when no one really had the answers, right? But coming together and sharing and co-creating solutions, right? And, you know, failing forward, you know, just experimenting, trying different things is so important to have that community to lean on, right? When in those, well, especially during started, those times. It did, Chris, and it started obviously with, um, with the pandemic, but, you know, we know that that same period of time we had so much social and racial unjust, and so mm. we were back at it together, understanding um, how we were going to support our employees during a really difficult social period in our in our organizations. And then, 
you know, from there, it, you know, we talk about the, the labor shortages, the great resignation. So there's, you know, there is nothing that we can't come together and help solve. And, and I learned so much from my peers, either whether it's through, you know, great associations that I belong to, great roundtables of organizations that, that bring CHROs together. There is this, um, there is, you know, we're all on that same mission of helping our organizations and helping our people thrive. And so learning from your peers who have, um, who will help you both um, avoid some pitfalls as well as um, experience some successes is really gratifying to know that you can, you can help others and, and other organizations. Yeah. It's also, let's be honest, it's quite nice to have a place to vent. <laughs> uh, as well because I have a friend that understands what you're going yeah through. yeah because uh, who, who does hr go to job and at times so having a peer that you can um you can cry on their shoulder <laughs> sometimes pick their brain a little bit but also mm -hmm. celebrate some wins along the way is yeah is um is something that uh that's pretty gratifying it is important right because we always talk about like yeah. who does hr go to <laughs> you know, whenever we're talking about support and need or well-being, you know, it's, it's important that we have that. So I think that's a really good piece of advice. And all of the most successful CHROs that I've spoken to over the last six, seven years of doing this show, one of the key things is they have a very strong network. Like it's kind of very clear, you know, they're not, they're not like you said, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel and they, they understand the value of networking and collaborating with their teams. And it's, and they make, and they make, they make space for it, even though they're busy, <laughs> they make space they for it. They make space for it. I, I, um, you know, I, I did uh, probably two things in my career that I'm, that, that were investments in myself. And one of them was going, um, to a program through Cornell called Top Seat. So it gave you a really great idea of what the role was like. And, um, and there are people that come out of that class and, and basically say, uh, you know, this is probably not for me. So I learned from some of the top CHROs um, in, in the country. Um, and I was lucky enough to work for two of those um, women as well that were both pioneers um, in the function. So I had, I had great mentors, great bosses. Um, I, you know, I had uh, a mentor that really understood and grew up in in our business. So she was a, she was uh, both a great functional leader. But then I, I worked for a woman by the name of Pam Kimmett, um, and 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 Pam was just a. Uh, an absolute student of the function and, and a technical expert in most everything. So having both um, women as bosses and mentors was something that I think helped shaped um, who I was, but always both of them encouraged, go out and be your own CHRO, which I, I would give to any CHRO, find your own path because um, it's so important, especially to be, you know, your authentic self as you lead a, a function and quite frankly, an organization because um, I think the role is so important to the organization as well as the function. Mm -hmm. Was that something you expected early in your career? Because now there's also this expectation to build your own personal brand, right? It's no longer just HR sitting behind the scenes. You're kind of front and center, personally, professionally. People expect to see, hear from you. And they've obviously, you know, we've seen all the research how people you know, looking at their own organizations over their own governments for advice <laughs> uh, when it comes to their health and well-being, et cetera. So there's a lot of pressure uh, on your on your shoulders. There is, um, you know, no day is ever the same. I will tell you this week I am 
um, speaking at a community, community event um, tonight around women reshaping the future. So um, I'm speaking to a shareholder. Um, we're getting ready to uh, have our shareholder meeting. So I'm, I'm meeting with our, um, with our shareholder team, but, but meeting with a pretty major shareholder and also a customer. So think about that, right? And there's always a day meeting with um, our leaders and our employees. So the role is so dynamic that you're, you're meeting with every stakeholder and I'm doing that, I think in one week, which is not <laughs> unique um, for many of us as well. So yeah. it is a, it is a, it is a dynamic. And, and I also think, you know, the, the role of, of CHROs, especially during the pandemic has, um, has given our employees um, a connection. I was out in front of our employees um, every week um, uh, helping them understand this is, you know, pre-vaccination. Um, they were coming to work every day, either behind Zoom. They were, we knew that they were experiencing stress and anxiety. And so I, I think the role gives uh, employees uh, both some confidence that the organization is doing the right thing. Um, but, you know, I always was told we, we really are the conscious of the organization and make sure that we're, that we're taking our employees' well-being, and so I, I, you know, I, I talk to employees on Zoom or chat or um, or Yammer all the time, and I think uh, CHROs are so accessible to their employees and to make sure that employees um, can thrive in our organization. And I think that's what I'm so proud of about our our function as well is that we really do want people to thrive both in our organization and, and at home and in their communities. Yeah, it's great. Have you, is it something you felt you've gotten used to now being front and center? Was that always something you're quite comfortable with or it's a kind of a journey? <laughs> it's, it's a journey, right? I think, um, you know, I think all of us have a little bit of, uh, oh gosh, how did I get here? You know, there's been times <laughs> I've, I've sat in front of, you know, thousands of employees and say, wow, you know, after, after 15, 20 years, how am I here? But it, it is a journey. And, I, and you, you said something I think so key earlier is, you know, we have to, as, uh, as, as leaders, build an employment brand. We want world-class talent to come to our organization. That just doesn't happen um, by itself. So making sure that, um, that you can attract talent, you can develop it and promote it while it was here so you can retain the absolute world-class talent. That is that is a part of our responsibility, which means that you have to be front and center talking about um, why this is a great place uh, to come and be and and thrive. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so it's a it's it is a it's a responsibility I think that we that we all have to represent our organizations and the great brands and missions that we all have. Yeah, I wasn't going to ask this, but you kind of just made me come to mind. What what advice would you give to HR leaders or CHROs that are presenting to investors and <laughs> for the first time? Um, you mentioned you're going front in front of the stakeholders this week. You know, what is there a particular set of questions you ask yourself before going in? Like, how do you prepare for those? Yeah, we have this. We have a robust team of and and something that we get in front of our investors several times during um, the years, but. And, and understand, you know, what matters um, to them. And obviously the performance of the organization is front and center, but also um, what's your talent strategy? Investors are, um, are, are really curious to know 
what organizations are doing around ESG. And for me, I talk a lot around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how we're holding ourselves accountable to providing um, an equitable workforce as well. So we talk a lot about executive comp, so that's <laughs> always front and center with, with shareholders. And do you have a pay for performance um, culture set up in your compensation plans. And, and so those are the things um, when I'm sitting or my team sitting in front of investors, those are some of the subjects that we're talking about every day. And those are, those are, uh, those are, uh, can be challenging topics to talk about, but um, something again, that's critically important for our organization um, and our shareholders. So it's, it's great to, to have a pulse on what the, our investors um, care about as well, and that is that's changing every single day. I don't I, I don't know five years ago um, that I had the robust conversations around um, climate and and diversity, equity, inclusion True. that we're having today. So. Um, so the trends are, are changing in a positive direction. Yeah, and also the law is changing, right? In many states, so, you know, so you have to report on a lot of those things, right? And for example, gender exactly. pay, gender pay equity stuff and stuff like that. It's now becoming exactly and 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 you know, pay transparency yep. and many many subjects out there that um, the compliance side of HR is just as critical and having that relationship with your with your your friends over in legal and and that partnership is is because there's a there's a landscape especially state to state in some in some cases even cities um so you have to you certainly have a lot to to keep up on in the compliance world keeping you well. on your toes <laughs> yeah because right. pe people expect that just stuff just to work right or just to happen but there's a lot of work that goes into it and to keep up to date with everything that's going on that people don't really think Absolutely. about or realize um as Absolutely. well um everyone at the moment's on this journey to kind of reinvent work um and the work and, and how work gets done i was wondering you know what are some of the ways that you're reimagining the workplace at cardinal health at the moment given the last couple of years we've had behind us yeah you know it's um i said this earlier but you know i think we all have to look towards what is that next normal i'm not sure the new normal is here to stay and, uh, and you really have to go out and, and think about um, what employees um, expect and need. And then what also, what are the organizational expectations and needs as well? And so I think there's been a, a period of time over these last few months, and you've seen this in the, the news where, um, where organizations are saying, everybody's coming back to work. And then the next day they're like, oh, well, maybe they're not coming back to <laughs> yeah. work. And so, I think you have to, um, I, I, you know, I call it kind of the, the great tag of war right now. Mm. Um, we know that employees want flexibility, um, but I, there also are what I call kind of moments that matter that we're together as a team or an organization. And, and we don't want to lose that, you know, solving critical customer issues or mentoring um, someone, there, there are going to be those really critical moments that that we need to be together both today and quite frankly in collaboration and mentoring the next generation of leadership. But it is a balance, right? You don't have to be in the office five days a week. So for us, um, you know, we have our own version of, of, of hybrid work model. There's a lot behind the scenes because <laughs> As easy as that sounds, to your point, Chris, you got to make sure you tax people correctly and all of that all stuff. The stuff that you yeah. that that 
that people don't realize. But for us, we're we're trying to redesign the workplace um, and and really think about helping and and thinking about those moments that matter, and then creating a space where people can come together and collaborate. So you know, the days of thousands of cubes I think are gone. So you know, designing spaces where people can come together to solve issues, to work on um, ideas, to be innovative. Um, I think that's what um, we're thinking about from a, from a workspace. I have the privilege of not only leading um, human resources, but I have several other functions that I think really do shape the employee experience and facilities and real estate is one of those, as well as environmental health and safety and travel and lots of, of other things that really do make up an employee experience. And so those groups coming together to thinking about how do we set up an environment um, as well as you know policies and expectations where employees can thrive? It really is still about our customers, right? Um, and the mission of our organization and what are those moments that we need to be together and then where are those moments that you can you could be anywhere to just do individual work. Mm -hmm. It's so important. I love the way you put it. It's sort of the tug of war. <laughs> Because it, it is, a it, it, it is, it is. Um, but it's important to understand, like you said, you know, we employees have their own expectations, but so do organ, so do, do so does the business, right? So we just kind of have to meet halfway, and also that's going to be different for each employee. Um, how have you approached that? Are you kind of do you have like a position like you know a lot of companies are leaving it in the hands of the managers to do it with the individual teams, and or, or they've set some principles and guidelines. What's been your approach of how you've done that? Yeah, we're doing just that. We're setting some guidelines around the way, along the way, and we do actually call them moments that matter. So there's oh, nice. non-negotiables. Yeah. Um, so in a, you know, you know, with onboarding, you know, we believe that um, that onboarding should be done um, in person, if at all possible, right? Meeting your new teammates, creating that those relationships. We know how important relationships are to work, and so how do you create those? Um, along the way. So we have some guidelines for sure, but we also empower our leaders to understand we certainly and always have had roles that are 100% remote. Um, and that will continue to work for us in the future. Um, but we do we do uh, leave it up to um, our, our, our vice presidents involved to understand what is best for their team. And, you know, my team comes together uh, for for staff meetings, um, I'm not sure every team does that in our organization, but it's it's a time two or three days a month that we can be together and collaborate, um, whiteboard, and and it, and like you said earlier, it kind of works. Um, it works for our team, and but but there was some negotiation of that up front, and I think good communication. Yeah. Um, but guidelines with uh, with some expectations, but also empowering where people can uh, can thrive on their own as mm -hmm. well no i love that it's kind of like moving from principles or from policies to principles right you want to convey that trust and give people that trust and the freedom within the framework um and that's going to shift back and forth you know i've had employees for example that, that at the beginning said i want to stay remote and and then all of a sudden they've turned around and said actually i really miss the office <laughs> can i come back in a few days i want to see the team um, but it's important to have that face-to-face. -face. I agree. My team meets every Monday, for example, and whenever we hire someone, we always meet that person face-to-face. -face. We go for lunch. 
we get to know each other and that's kind of the stickiness and the glue right um you meet each other's kids you know we we bring our kids along and it's just like a really uh, we have a team day out once a month so what are we doing this month i don't know what we do i think we're doing rock climbing this month (laughs) something along the bouldering i think it's just you know you have to have those moments today because that's really where people can feel the culture you know of of what it means to be a hr leaders employee um as well and and they love that I, I love that too. And I think coming together to build those relationships and that camaraderie is so important to, to teams. Um, you know, but as I said, you know, there are days that I can, that I can work from home and pound through, you know, 20 things that I just need to get done on, on email or zoom. And I think that's the flexibility that, um, that I think, um, organizations have to to realize and and for us it, it wasn't about okay Monday and Friday you can work from everywhere anywhere and but you have to be here Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday that just hasn't necessarily um, worked for us but you also I think as organizations have to um, you know to uh, to make sure that you're making it worth employees while while to come in 100%. right nothing worse than coming in and sitting on your computer and being on zoom all day yes right? like why am i here there's no point there's no point to that so so it's a balance and i think we're all still figuring it out quite frankly 100%. continue to evolve and 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 that's and i think you have to focus as importantly on what is the work and the results not where it's being done sometimes right we get so caught up in well, if you're in the office, you're you're productive, and we know that that's not the truth. The truth or the case for every single person. So, to me, it's around setting um, realistic and 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 stretch goals, and you know, making sure that your employees are hitting those goals along the way. That really is what it, it always is about. And sometimes I think where work is done. Um, is probably less important than the quality of the work is done. So we also got to always have to keep that in mind too. It's going to be interesting, right? Because the next generation, they're not going to see it that way. In the past, work was a place you went to, right? But now work is no longer a place (laughs) that you go. So I'm kind of thinking when Robin, my daughter, who's four, when she's older, she probably will look back and be like, oh, so you used to have this model where you used to travel to this space and you only did work in that space, that's going to be probably very foreign <laughs> to the next generation. I will tell you, I was a little surprised this summer. I spent some time with our, uh, with our summer interns. We have about 120 interns and, you know, these were all juniors and, and seniors in college that really came from all over the country and many different functions and, you know, everything from, manufacturing to operations to, you know, to, to human resources, finance, and so on. And the one thing that I've really found unique about this group is that they all have had a disruptive college experience in some way, right? They didn't really fully um, uh, get the, you know, the true value of, of being away at school. Some of them had to go home. Um, some of them, you know, live with roommates 24 um, seven, uh, like one of my children did. And, um, and they miss that experience of being together when you need to. So if you, I, I asked this, this um, I asked more questions than, than, than maybe I normally do. And, and their expectations is they wanna learn from uh, the leaders of today. And they, they want that to be um, sometimes in person and, and they all said, we want to be in the office when we need to be in the office, Very important. not just when, 
everyone wants us to be in the office. And so, um, again, I think they, they see the balance of it's about work and some work needs to be done together and some work doesn't need to. I think they're a pretty wise generation. Yeah. Microsoft released some um, research recently. I can't remember, I think it was about 20,000 employees that they surveyed. And one of the findings, no surprise, you know, the number one reason people want, will return to the office is for each other. That was the number one. <laughs> no, we shouldn't be surprised there, right? We want to come back to see each other, not to open our laptop and continue in our Excel spreadsheet, but to collaborate, meet each other, like you mentioned, um, work on projects and, and innovate and uh and and connect go to lunch have fun have a laugh <laughs> uh these are all very important things i think there's some early research and say so we'll keep an eye on this but there's a lot of studies around isolation and 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 really around um not just the mental aspect that that has on on people but also the physical aspect and it, actually loneliness and isolation can take years and years off your life. And we had an isolation and loneliness pro problem before the pandemic. And, and think about think about that post-pandemic too. So, you know, sometimes it's getting people back together to build those relationships mm -hmm. that I think are so, so key for the future. Yeah, I've noticed that. And I've had to be conscious of some of our employees who are live at home alone, they're single, they live at home alone. And, you know, I had some employees that didn't see literally another person for a couple of years almost during the pandemic i mean in terms of like real bonding in person connection so trying to be a bit more thoughtful about how we bring those those people and make sure they we're conscious of that in conversations and that's one of the reasons why i like bringing the team in every monday and doing those monthly activities i know at least there's an opportunity for everyone to come together um as well but listen before i let you go i want to jump into a couple of questions for our quick fire round so oh, I'm going to ask you some questions. I ask every guest this, but I never tell them that I'm going to do it. So it's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you only got 30 seconds per question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Um, what are your hobbies and passions outside of the office? Um, I love to cook. Um, and I'm an on the fly kind of cook. And I, 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 over the past several years, I've loved to learn about wine. So there's always Ooh. some wine showing up at my door. I just got back from California. Nice. Um, so cooking, traveling, wine. Those are some of my passions. What's your go-to dish? If you had to just do like, this is, you know, my go-to dish that I'm famous for. I will for. tell you my, whenever my kids come home, it's chicken pot pie, which nice. is I'm Southern. So it's a good Southern recipe. We don't have that in the UK. I need to try that. Cause I hear about it you know, through like TV movies and TV shows. We hear about the chicken pot pie, but we don't have that in the UK. So I'll send you, I've got a great recipe. Oh, I'll just send it right over. Send to it over. And what, what's a good wine to go with that? <laughs> you know what? I think any wine is a good wine. Any wine. <laughs> I, I go, I'm kind of a go-to red person, but red? I'd probably go with a Pinot. So not nice. quite as happy, but, um, <laughs> but you know, in the summertime, I kind of rely more on, um, a, a good rosé or a good, um, what I would call a, a Chardonnay, but not oaky. I don't like an oaky Chardonnay. So okay. I'm learning a Love ton it. of things yeah. about wine. But Sounds like you get along well with my wife. <laughs> as well <laughs> if you could uh, click your fingers and change one thing about hr what would you change you know i think hr um w one thing i might just change is kind of the stigma that still is around hr right oh you got to call hr i think <laughs> hrs are great um problem solvers not um but also i think that 
uh, we should come to the table every day and just be great listeners. I think you can learn a lot by, by listening and learning. Um, so probably just the, the, the stigma around HR, but um, I hope that we're all great listeners as well. Love it. Talking of stigma, how do you think your kids, your two kids would describe what you do for a living? I'll tell you, when, when they were young, I know what they thought I did. They thought I just hired and fired people. That's what they would say. <laughs> Total their friends. Going, that's right. That was, that was the younger. Um, I recently uh, asked my daughter this and because she's studying to be a speech pathologist. I'm like, what do, you, how, how, what do you tell people that I do? And she said, I, I, I tell people you're the CHRO, and that really is about helping the business and people win. Wow, that's actually one of the best answers I've generally heard. I've asked this question a lot. That's a great, if you had to elevate a pitch very quickly, say the role of HC, that's great. That's a great answer um, as well. Wow. Um, if you wasn't doing HR, what do you think you'd be doing? Wow, that is a great question. Um, I would love to be a sideline reporter um, for like ESPN yeah. or something. That would be totally <laughs> Do you cool. know what's I'm so funny? My yeah. A few guests ago, I can't remember the name of the CHRO now, they said the exact same thing. That is, and I was really, it really took me back. And now you've said that a week later. <laughs> That's the, I, I, you know, I love football and, um, and other sports, but I would, you know, I'd probably be... Um, <laughs> Uh, chasing around some college or, or football. So um, that's hilarious. I don't know that that would be too realistic, but that was that's probably what I would do if I wasn't in HR. That's pretty cool, though. That's pretty cool. Um, what, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but what would you say is the biggest investment you've made in yourself in your career? Yeah, you know, I, I think that you, um, you know, like I said, I think HR people are are pretty, um, uh, are you know, sometimes we call ourselves the cobbler kids a little bit, right? We're investing in everybody, but it's hard for us to invest in ourselves. So, I, you know, I talked about, um, I, I've been in some, um, in some great development programs, but also I, I would tell you that, you know, I did um, a stretch assignment early in my career and led a really large um, acquisition. I was, I was gone for about 40 days uh, in Asia as we were doing that acquisition. Oh, wow. And what I learned about culture and when I learned about global economy and, and it was a great investment in myself. Um, and so I think about, it's not just about development about, about, but about stretching yourselves and whether it's being voluntold or volunteering on your own, <laughs> voluntold. Um, always pushing yourself to, to keep learning, just keep learning. And, and so those are two ways that I think I've invested in my career. Love that. I never heard of voluntold before, but that's a good one. <laughs> we get voluntold a lot. I know. I realize. Yeah. Now you said it. Great opportunity for you, Grant. I'm going to describe that's, that as how my wife, how my wife asked me to do things. I'm getting voluntold. Yeah. That's basically. You are. Yeah, <laughs> no. word now you have it. I have a word for it now. Um, right. Who would you say is the, the one person in your career that's had the biggest impact on you? Oh, wow. That's a that's a good one. Um, I have had some incredible mentors, but um, I would say that it was my husband. Now, oh. Explain that really quick. Um, we uh, we both had really competing uh, careers early in our marriage. Um, we're in Ohio with no family, two small kids. And so he really made some big sacrifices so that I could uh, continue my career and track. And I'll tell you, he's my biggest cheerleader. Um, we've created this wonderful partnership that's allowed me to balance both my career and my family. So I would not be here if it wasn't for my husband for so many reasons. Um, yeah. So my husband. 
that's amazing to hear my you husband know. literally when we kind of he took a step back my I just like I, I just catapulted um you know we didn't fought we I said we never fought about we fought about uh schedules and boy when that's kind of out of the way it it was so he's he's definitely been uh my biggest mm-hmm. um my biggest cheerleader and biggest influence on my career yeah I can I can understand how important that is because um even now with my wife and I our biggest challenge in our relationship is balancing both of our careers and raising Robin and you're right our biggest challenges or arguments right now is about schedules um you know that that so I can see how that would be so important because if if either one of us did that it would really help catapult the other individual but that's something we constantly it's, it's tough man it's tough and anyone listening can relate <laughs> it's tough to do that and, and especially that. in your situation especially in your situation where you you don't have the luxury of having family locally to, to help with the kids and and you know and you know it, it it is sacrifice and to be honest i wouldn't be able to do what i do without natasha she takes more of the work in terms of picking and dropping off robin being being at certain places and times that i can't be in in order for me to do what i do at hr leaders and grow the company as well so i would probably say her as well (laughs) if i had to answer that question because there's no way i could do what i do without her um as well love that answer and then last question what would be your advice kind of parting piece of advice for sort of the hr leaders of tomorrow that are going to be sitting in your seat one day um uh this one's easy for me um so you of course need great mentors and great sponsors and great teachers along the way, but find yourself some truth tellers. Um, seek out people who will actually tell you what's going on. They'll hold you accountable. Um, they'll make sure that you're doing the right thing. So again, I talked about you know sanitizing. So surround yourself. I, you know I can be in front of a town hall and I get 20 texts around. Hey, this is what's really going on, and I just so you know, surround people that you trust and care about your success, but you got to find yourself some truth tellers along with some great mentors. How do you do that, by the way? Because that's a big challenge because one of the main things that the CHROs who join, I do these private face-to-face CHRO workshops every few months where I bring the group together, no media, no cameras. And one of the things they always say to me is, Chris, I love being in a room with other CHROs who just tell me how it is. Because they've got no, you know, <laughs> like I, I've had really heated debates, actually, where completely disagreeing views with CHRO, but they love it because Chris is so refreshing to be in a room where people can just give me honest and open feedback. How do you find those people, though? Like, Yeah, it goes back to building those relationships kind of along the journey, whether it's, you know, you've been in an organization, find those people that truly want the, you know, the organization and you to succeed and and you know be vulnerable in your authentic self like i feel like something's going on sometimes (laughs) you have to like go with a hunch coach it out yeah you have to coach it out (laughs) yeah and and and, you know i always think that when you meet with uh leaders and that you truly are trying to help them that they'll reciprocate in some ways so when you can say hey how did that message land you know i have i have some great truth tellers that'll say that's great do it six more times or man it kind of landed flat go in this direction um you know i um so it's uh it's it's it takes some it's a time, journey but it yeah. really is around surrounding yourself with with folks that have some of the same goals as you and that you can be vulnerable with and and even you know that didn't feel great tell me how that how that went and so um 
you know, it takes time and, 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 and you cannot give up your truth tellers either, right? No, they're they important. Are, you know, they're important. So I can't, you know, sometimes I, 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 you know, I learned something and I, you know, I can't go say, Hey, you know, Chris Rainey's told me this, right. You've got to hold that in confidence. And so it's an ongoing um, mm -hmm. process, but Good I advice. love the fact that, that people come to the table and, and tell you what's really going on. Well, look, Ola, I appreciate you coming on the show. <laughs> it's nice to it finally, it's nice to finally see you. We made it happen. Um, and, uh, where can people connect with you? Where's the best people to reach out if they want to say hello? Well, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, so that's probably the best yeah. way uh, to reach out to me. Um, you can also find me uh, on, on cardinalhealth.com, but, cool. um, but I'm an active uh, participant on LinkedIn, so love to connect with, with people along the way, too. And thanks, Chris. This is a, a lot of fun. It was a pleasure, and I hope I get to come and see you soon and get some, try some chicken pot pie in person right. I, need, I need the original <laughs> and wine don't forget about the wine too. Uh, yeah and the wine too well, yeah no worries don't worry about that my wife won't forget that part she'll be like yeah we need some wine <laughs> as well but listen i wish you all the best until we next speak but thanks again i really enjoyed the conversation you too thanks a lot thanks Take care.